You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Peacock and Williamson. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast with NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Today on the show, we are going to talk about training camp. And we are going to talk about what's going on with Brian Gutekunst, with Aaron Rodgers, and the Packers because... Ian Rappaport reported yesterday that we have an agreement that would void the 2023 season as we expected and would take out the offset language that would force or would have forced Aaron Rodgers to give up part of his signing bonus. So he will get all the money that is coming to him from the Green Bay Packers. Now, that's not really a big deal. It is, uh, I think, an interesting question. Tom Silverstein brought this up. What did Rodgers really get out of this? I mean, what did he really gain from all of this, aside from Randall Cobb? I don't know that we have a good answer, other than he assured that the money uh, that he's going to get this year, the Packers can use some of it to get someone like Randall Cobb. Why he didn't do that before, I don't know. There have, there have been these discussions, and I've seen them uh, on Twitter and, and heard them on talk radio about Rodgers. And, oh, you know, if he, if he would have been involved in these, in these free agent conversations, he could have gotten someone to sign. The Packers could have moved money around. And, and part of that is real. Um, Andrew Brand always says, look, you know, anytime a team says we don't have the money, that's really just an excuse. And and that is true to a point in the non-unique situations. The Packers were in a unique situation this offseason. They had no money. They had less than no money. And next year, they have even less than less than no money, given where they currently stand. They had to get tens of millions cleared just to get back to zero. And the biggest chunk that they could have moved to get someone was Aaron Rodgers' contract. So the Packers get to say, well, look, we didn't have any money. Brian Kudikin said as much yesterday. Why wasn't Aaron Rodgers involved in the free agent conversations that he wanted to be involved in? And we know because Rodgers told us that was a big reason he felt so unwanted by the Packers because he said, hey, I want to be involved in these discussions. And Kudikin was basically like, well, there were no discussions because we had no money. Now, why did, why did they have no money? Because Aaron Rodgers didn't want to have his contract restructured. He wanted a raise. Again, we talked about this yesterday. Not about the money. He wanted the Packers to want to give him a raise. And they could have done that. 
And they, and by the way, it would have helped their cap situation had they decided to do that. But the Packers were under no obligation to do that. So why didn't they just do a simple restructure? My guess, they didn't feel like they had to. Or, or Aaron Rodgers said, either extend me or I'm out. And that seems the most likely to me because otherwise you just do the restructure. If you don't, if you don't feel threatened by Aaron Rodgers, you know, potentially walking, and I don't know why you would where you were at that point in time when these discussions were taking place. Rodgers says, look, I want to be a part of these conversations. They come to him and they say, hey, we want to do a restructure. And he goes, no, no. Again, they don't need his permission. But if he says, I'm going to retire, if you do that, I want an extension, then that becomes a different situation. And then once the Packers got back to even, it's like, okay, well, now what do we do? Do we try and give him a contract? Apparently they didn't, at least until May. Now the original Adam Schefter report included that the Packers had tried to offer a contract extension, not just a restructure. Did that happen? We don't know. We don't know. So where does this leave the Packers now? Again, we don't really know. We don't really know right now what the mechanisms in place are that would make Rodgers feel more connected to the organization in terms of the decision-making. And they're not going to have free agents to sign, really. So Aaron Rodgers is not really going to be a part of that process. Maybe at the trade deadline, they could they could get some input. Hey, we like this guy. What do you think? Or Rodgers says, hey, what is the price for this guy? Can we go get this guy? There is a lot more transparency that that can and should be taking place here. And, and Brian Gutekinds talked about this, and I thought this was really important. He said, look, we have heard from Rodgers in the past. Aaron Rodgers said, I've never been a part of uh, free agent conversations. Um, he said, you know, this was this, this plan for Cobb was hatched in February. Brian Gutekinds said, yeah, we, we talked to him about this in February. I think it does change how we view Amari Rodgers who is a slot receiver. Aaron Rodgers said he thought the offense needed a true slot. They went and got one in the draft. I think that that needs to be taken into account here too. What Brian Gutekind said was the Packers have not done a good enough job communicating to Aaron why certain decisions were made. And I think that's that's a key part here. So if if just imagine you go to your boss and you say, hey, you know, I really think we should do X in this given situation and you don't do it and you get no explanation as to why. And then it doesn't work out and you're going, what what happened? What happened? I think those are the discussions that can go a long way, whether it's with Rodgers or whomever, because Rodgers is not, again, not going to be the quarterback forever. We have to look at the big picture here with the Packers and how they are going to handle this stuff moving forward. The league is changing and and it has only changed in the last few years. We have to also be clear about that. The paradigm has has only changed really in the last two, maybe three years, really since Patrick Mahomes came into the league. And he is a young, super duper star. Don't think it's a coincidence that Deshaun Watson 
pre-sexual assault allegations was also going, hey, I want more of this. I want more input. Russell Wilson, I want more input. Tom Brady got the input, left New England to get the input. Everyone wants this. Everyone wants this. Now, not everyone has the leverage to do it. Like, you know, Matt Ryan doesn't really have the standing to say, I want say over moves. He's just not at that level. They say, okay, cool, Matt. <laughs> nice. Whatever you want. No, just kidding. Um, so the Packers, if they, if Aaron Rodgers says, hey, you know what would be awesome? A true slot. If you're Brian Gutekinds, you go, okay, but Randall Cobb might not make that team. And if he gets cut to save the Texans money, then we can go get him and and he can come in and help. And, and Aaron might say, well, but that's not good enough. I want him now. Okay. Okay. Maybe. And, and that would be a reasonable discussion for those two sides to have. It sounds like those discussions weren't taking place. And Brian Gutekunst saying Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's going to have the input that he's always had. It's, it sounds like the Packers are committing to being more communicative with him about why certain decisions were being made, being more communicative about decisions before they're made. Hey, we're going to move on from Jordy and we're going to bring in Jimmy Graham. What do you think? And maybe not even what do you think? It's just, hey, this is this is happening and this is why we think this is the best thing for our team. And maybe Aaron Rodgers goes... Hey, you know, look, it's really important for us that Jordy Nelson is here. He's such a valuable resource. I know for a fact he's willing to take a pay cut and he'll play for nothing. And for one year, I think it's vital that we have him. Those kinds of discussions are important. Whether or not the Packers actually make those moves, those kinds of discussions are important when you have someone like Aaron Rodgers who has the pulse of the team I think that can be useful feedback. And at the very least, you're offering some transparency about why you're doing the things that you're doing that directly affect him. Hey, we think a move tight end who can make plays is a better fit for our team where we are now than Jordy Nelson, even if he takes a pay cut. Rodgers might still feel a type of way about it, but at least there is some involvement there. Now, this is something we've talked about a lot across the offseason. Like, okay, if if you start to involve him in these discussions and you just like still do whatever you want because you think he's wrong, <laughs> Brian Gideon said, I don't regret the decisions that we made and we think we treat the veterans well. Well, then that's probably going to piss Rodgers off even more or whoever the quarterback is or whoever the player is in these discussions. So it does open up a potentially thorny set of transactions here to where you're having to you're having to to navigate these these rocky waters. Now the Packers may not have to navigate them much longer. This is probably the last year short of a Super Bowl berth of of Aaron Rodgers and and whatever he's looking for here. Next this is going to be next offseason, it is either a, a trade or an extension. That's what it sounds like. That's where we are. Rodgers has another MVP type season, doesn't have to win it, but MVP type season and they go to the Super Bowl and or win the Super Bowl, you're probably looking at an extension of some kind. And you're figuring out what to do with Jordan Love. Because you're like, well, it's worth it to try and chase another Super Bowl. We just won a Super Bowl to try and to try and you know move on from Jordan Love if that's what they have to do. Jordan Love, by the way, had a really good first day of training camp. Not quite as good on the second day, but still is showing the potential, the flashes. 
Before we move on to the training camp stuff, I do want to say one more thing. It became a talking point on social media because a media member asked Randall Cobb essentially what it felt like to be somewhere where the GM didn't want you. And, and, and this is something that, that fans echoed. They heard Brian Gutekind say, the, the Aaron Rodgers, the, the only reason Randall Cobb is here is because of Aaron Rodgers. That is what fans heard Brian Gutekind say. That's not actually what Brian Gutekind said. He said, quote, I think that's a big part of it on Aaron's influence on Cobb. Without Aaron, we probably wouldn't be pursuing that. This was a very important thing for Aaron, and that's why we did it. That is not the same as saying he didn't want you here. It is just that Aaron did, and that's why we did it. The Packers needed a reason to take action to make that move. They went out and drafted Amari Rodgers. That was the slot receiver that they wanted to get. Aaron Rodgers said, hey, let's go get Randall Cobb. And they went, okay, okay. The analogy I use on Twitter is your wife says, let's order pizza. And I say, well, I wouldn't have ordered pizza. I wouldn't have suggested that we do that. But you wanted pizza, so let's get pizza. Did I not want pizza? I'm happy with pizza. I like pizza. Pizza's delicious. But it's not what I wanted. I'm happy with it, but it's not what I wanted. I did it, I did it because you wanted it. And it's okay to say that, that I did it because you wanted it. And, and some people took that to, to be Brian Gutekunst shirking responsibility if Randall Cobb doesn't play well or if he gets hurt or whatever it is. And, and look, maybe. Certainly possible. It's as plausible as any other explanation. I read it as Brian Gutekunst publicly giving credit to Aaron Rodgers for this move as if to say, this was your move. You wanted this. And so I'm going to give you the credit that you might be looking for. And I'm not, and, and I, more importantly, I'm not going to take credit for this move because you did it. You deserve the credit. And again, not in a negative way. That's not, at least that was how I interpreted it. And if you've been listening to me for a while, you know I generally come at these things, all, all things really. I'm an optimist. That's just how I am. I'm a, I'm a problem solver. I look to see the solution. Let me figure out what's going on here. Yeah, we can figure this out. It, but I, I understand the perspective here. I really do. I just think it is cynicism for cynicism's sake. And maybe it is a Rorschach test and you're just going to bring whatever prior biases you have to these interactions. And you're just going to go, look, I think Aaron Rodgers is right. And so Brian Gutekunst is being an ass. And, you know, I, I like to think I'm coming from it a, a different direction. I'm not coming in going, I think this, this side is right or this side is right. I'm just trying to look at it like, okay, if I'm in this situation, why am I taking these actions? Why am I taking these actions? And if I'm Brian Gutekunst, I am giving Aaron Rodgers all the credit. Now, I am doing it because everyone knows then it's Aaron Rodgers and it's Aaron Rodgers' fault that this backfires. But guess what? Everyone knew that already. Everyone already knew that. I don't need to say it for everyone to know it. It was reported that Aaron Rodgers wanted Randall Cobb 
And so they got him. And it didn't even have to be reported. If we just got the report, the Packers are trading for Randall Cobb, independent of this. You know, it's not contingent. It obviously wasn't contingent because Aaron Rodgers was here before the deal was done. But you could have said, okay, Aaron Rodgers showing up to camp. And then a day later, oh, the Packers are trading for Randall Cobb. And you wouldn't have said, oh, I guess Rodgers orchestrated that. Like, come on. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to find out what's going on here. So to me, that's just cynicism for cynicism's sake. In this case, you know, it started by, you know, someone who's coming from a, a specific kind of perspective. And, you know, that's their right, of course. I just don't agree with it. I just don't agree with it. So let's get to the football on the field, the good stuff right after this. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Did you know Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and there's something for everyone. You like fruit and chocolate? Try the Cherry Barcia or the Raspberry. I had orange today. Delicious. Or if you want a little bit more decadent, how about cookies and cream? How about salted caramel? Double chocolate? Coconut? The coconut is awesome. Everything that Built Bar makes is delicious. It is the protein bar that truly does taste like a candy bar, but they're healthy too. Check out the macros. We're talking 17, 18 grams of protein, calories all under 200 calories, some as low as 130. That's really good stuff. Low net carbs, low sugar. I don't know how they do it because they're tasty and healthy. I don't get it. I don't get it. But Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Also, very cool. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. So it's been two days. What can we really learn in two days? Well, the short answer is not a lot. Not a lot. What you can learn early is, okay, who's on special teams? Because those are the fringe guys who are going to have the best shots to make the roster. So when you see Ty Summers and Oren Burks on all the, the special teams, you go, okay, they're in a pretty good position to make this roster. I don't think you read too much into the guys who are starting and the guys who aren't. But I do think it's worth noting that with Kevin King right now hurt, Eric Stokes is the guy that got the first opportunity to come in and get reps. Now, Josh Jackson is is out there. He's doing stuff. Had a nice play in practice yesterday. So it, it's not as though he's just no longer in the picture. But the fact that Eric Stokes was given that first opportunity does matter, at least right now. Again, very limited sample size. The kinds of alignments you're seeing, who's running out there with the first team, doesn't always tell us a lot, but... In this case, David Bakhtiari hurt Elton Jenkins, left tackle. Seems like that's the direction they want to go. Elton Jenkins at left tackle, Lucas Patrick at left guard, John Runyon Jr. at right guard, Josh Myers at center, Billy Turner at right tackle. Dennis Kelly is, sounds like, a tackle and most likely going to be the swing tackle when David Bakhtiari comes back. He is a good player. And you can always use more good players, especially along the offensive line. What'll be interesting is, let's say David Bakhtiari not ready to go week one. 
Elton Jenkins plays left tackle, even if he is, even if he is, and they keep running and they keep practicing with this group for the next month before the season opens. And Bakhtiari comes back. You've got Elton Jenkins. He's going to slide presumably into that left guard spot. Then what do you do with Lucas Patrick? Does he slide back to right guard? Or is John Runyon Jr. going to get the opportunity to win that job? Lucas Patrick in the last year of his contract. John Runyon Jr. in the second year of his rookie contract. Now Lucas Patrick's going to make the team. It's not about that. But if you're planning for the future and it's about even, you'd probably rather have JRJ out there. Now that means at least two first-time starters plus Elton Jenkins playing a position that he's never uh, for any length of time played before. Maybe not optimal. But if that's your best five, that's your best five. We've also seen a lot of three safety nickel looks. First, it was Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos with Will Redmond. That was in the spring. Now, Adrian Amos Darnell Savage and Vernon Scott, seventh round pick from a year ago. To me, that's a much better combination because we know what Will Redmond is. He's a special teams player. Special teams players have value. Spot starter, not great. Had to play in the NFC Championship game, really not great. So let's see what the young guy can do. And, you know, unfortunately, Isaiah McDuffie, one of their day three linebacker picks who could be in line to have a nickel kind of role, he's hurt. So he's not out there. Nothing sets back a rookie's development more than injuries. So it's really good that Josh Myers is out there. He's enormous. It's really good that TJ Slayton is out there. He is enormous. He's going to carve out a role on this team, I'm telling you right now. He is massive. He is strong. And he is twitched up. He can be a factor. Especially right now, Kingsley Kiki, he's hurt. Comes in on NFI. So the Packers have these other guys that they're going to have to get up to speed. I don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole of like so-and-so has looked great, so-and-so hasn't looked great. Juwan Winfrey just keeps making plays. And so that's the part of this that I mentioned the other day. Randall Cobb comes in. How are you going to figure out who needs to go where? I think Winfrey is that great blend of... Okay, you've got you've got the ability and you could play special teams and, and it's not that big a deal. Do they want, you know, Equinemius St. Brown on special teams? Does he have enough as a receiver? I don't know. That's going to be an interesting battle. And Rashawn Gary is, is another name that just keeps popping up. Just keeps popping up. Was awesome in the spring. And now you're getting the, the carryover has been disruptive, and uh, he's going to get the chance. I mean, Zadarius Smith right now is on NFI, short-term injury, um, and so he's getting the first-team snaps. I, I, this this could be breakout Rashawn Gary time. It really could. And, and the Packers need it because last year they were not able, at least in, in some games where they absolutely needed it, to pressure opposing quarterbacks. Now, when Mike Patton got a little bit more aggressive in the second half against Tom Brady, started bringing some pressure, it got to Tom Brady. And guess what? He sucked. Threw three picks, made some mistakes. That's what happened when you bring the pressure, when you're able to pressure opposing quarterbacks. Kenny Clark said, you know, they, that Joe Barry's energy, I think the phrase was, he's always turned up. Uh, that's, a, that's a good thing. 
You want to bring that energy. This defense came out flat way too many times last year. And they make adjustments in the second half. And it's like, okay, well, but you gave up 28 in the first half. So cool, you gave up three in the second half, but you gave up 28 in the first half and and you put the team in a big hole. Can't have that. Can't have that. So the defense has to be able to find some stability at some of these positions, at safety. They need some more depth along the defensive front. They need to, they need to get these pass rushers really humming. That's going to be crucial for them. And they can do it. They have the talent. They have the talent. But they have to get everyone healthy. They have to get everyone working on the same page. And they have to find the alignments where they can get as many of these pass rushers on the field at once without sacrificing anything else, without without being just a sieve in the run game. Because again, run defense matters less than passing defense, but only to a point. Like If you can't get any stops on the ground, it's a big problem. It's like a two-way miss in golf. Like If you only miss right, you can guard against missing right. But if you miss both ways, you're just screwed. I should know. <laughs> there is a lot of talent on this defense and and the defense not going to look in in terms of the players out there that different from the one we've seen over the last few years now Devondre Campbell starting with Chris Barnes, we'll see what it looks like, you know, in in games with nickel and dime defense who the single linebacker is out there. Um, I think Campbell is going to be your guy. All he does is start games. Not a flashy player, but all he's all he's done his whole career is start. But I think the defensive line is going to be mostly the same. You add Slayton to the rotation. The cornerbacks, look, if Kevin King is healthy, he's probably going to start the season. But Eric Stokes, I mean, he's getting opportunities right now, and we don't know when Kevin King is going to be back. Brian Gutekind said it's a short-term thing, but we don't know. You just never know with these injuries. So the Packers, they're making some tweaks defensively. The offense is going to look very similar. And now you throw in Randall Cobb. Matt LaFleur said Amari Rodgers then gets to focus on some of the other stuff. The gadget stuff, maybe. Jet sweep Amari Rodgers. Running back Amari Rodgers. Punt returner Amari Rodgers. Kick returner Amari Rodgers. To focus a little bit more on that stuff while you develop the receiver skills. Because it's going to take some time. It's going to take some time for him to develop those skills. And that's okay. It takes everyone time to develop those skills. But with Randall Cobb in the building, there's less pressure on him to come in and contribute right away. And I think that is a really nice option to have. On on Thursday, it was, you know, Randall Cobb was not doing much in team because he doesn't know the playbook, first of all. Uh, it is going to be an adjustment for him to learn some of that that new stuff. But also, you know, Mario Rodgers is just a little bit more up to speed. Now, by the end of training camp, no one should have any questions about Cobb's ability to come in and, and play, but they're going to find ways to get Mario Rodgers the ball. And that means that they can they can even be a little bit more creative with it because they have some more time. You know, under normal circumstances, maybe you're going, well, let's not get too into the gadget stuff because that's going to hinder his development. Well, when number one, you have Randall Cobb there to help with his development, that's great. And number two, if you don't need him to do as much of the receiver stuff right away, he's going to get a ton of receiver reps in practice. You've got great teachers with Randall Cobb and and Devontae Adams. Cobb said he wants to be for guys like Amari Rogers, what Greg Jennings and Donald Driver were for him, which is awesome to hear. But then 
you know, Randall Cobb probably not going to be around in 2022. And then you have that full off season when, when guys tend to make a big leap mentally and physically, then you head into, okay, now I get to focus on being a receiver. Plus I already have all of these fun, other things in the bag. I think it's a really good position for the Packers to be in. We'll be back next week. More interviews on the way. More feedback from training camp on the way. We'll have some people with boots on the ground there. So it's time to have some fun and talk football. We're back. It's football season. It's football season. We are doing the damn thing every day. So come hang with us. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.